0: Welcome to the We Invested Podcast, where we teach you how to save and make more cash. I'm your host, Wesley Earp, and this is season four, episode 42. And on this episode, we sit down with Lazaro Vento, the managing director of Happy Travels Miami. I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's do it. Today on the We Invested Podcast, we have Lazaro Vento. And he is the managing director at Happy Travels Miami, one of the most profitable Airbnb empires in business. Lazaro, how are you doing today? Well, we're here. We made it. Uh, yes, it's nice to be here. Yes, sir. Happy to have you. And this is a topic that I'm really excited to learn about. Um, it seems like it's something that's new and exciting and uh, not, many, not many people that I personally talk to that have figured out how to master, you know, the Airbnb game the way that you have.
1: Well, I mean, we've been doing it now almost going on eight years. When I when I started doing this, uh, there weren't that many people doing it, so uh, so I did get in uh, on it really early.
0: For sure, yes, sir. And so, before we jump into the business side of it, let's just take it back um, and talk a little bit about you know where did you grow up and where you're from. Well, I'm I'm, I'm originally Cuban, but
1: I've grown up here in Miami, so I've been here pretty much my entire life uh my Miami native <laughs> basically uh, before doing this I, I I worked in the the automotive industry I was in the, uh, in exotic cars uh, I did that uh, most of my my adult life since I was 21 years old
0: for sure for sure and so you know how did growing up in Miami you know kind of impact your outlook on life and success
1: well, I mean, I, I gotta say, I came from a pretty rough upbringing, so uh, uh, so I, I was lucky that I, I actually had uh, kind of a natural sales gift, and uh, I, I was actually recruited really young into this this job for, for Rolls Royce of North America, uh, with uh, actually Rolls Royce and BMW of North America. Uh, that's kind of a Kind of like the type of job, like a dream job, and um, they—I had what what they what they needed. They needed somebody young that could speak Spanish, and I was highly trainable. <laughs> like uh, uh, I came from from the streets, so I was really highly trainable, and uh, the, the people that hired me f- felt that they could mold me because uh, I did have some. Uh, natural sales ability and uh then it was just training from there uh most of the guys that worked uh, for the company you know they like uh the way that job actually worked is like somebody would uh, pass away or retire and then they'll fill the position because nobody would ever really leave
0: yeah, that's incredible and so you know to kind of talk about you know a little bit more about the airbnb business and the empire that you built you know what is happy travels miami well, Happy Travels Miami,
1: it, we do uh, short-term housing and corporate housing uh, in, on Airbnb and other platforms. So we, we, what we basically do is we'll take uh, a building, let's say, and we do a deal with a developer and we, we lease a big portion of the building and then we furnish it, furnish those units and then market them on the shorter term and we make uh the spread between uh the negotiated uh monthly rate that we did with the owner or the developer and what we could get uh selling it in in uh, smaller
0: parts incredible so i mean you know how did you get started in this industry like what kind of sparked your interest or how did you kind of learn about it
1: well that's kind of an interesting story so uh when i was uh I don't know. I think it was like 36. Yeah, must have been like 35 or 36. I had been on, the, on my old job for forever, and you know, I, I realized that I, if I didn't do something, I, I would die there. Like, like I was like, like, I, like my future was already kind of foretold. I would be 65 or 70, and I'll retire. And then, that was it, and that scared the hell out of me. And I, I was reading books. I don't know if you read the Four Hour Work Week. At, who we'll moved my shes and a whole bunch of different books but for our work week really kind of uh, kind of motivated me it's one of the books that really pushed me and there was a story there about like what's the worst that could happen you know so I, I had been doing this for so long so my mind is like what, the, what like if I leave today what's the worst that could happen like somebody else will hire me or something I don't know so uh, one day kind of out of the blue I quit my job and I decided to open up Uh, The cigar business. That's why uh, my name on Instagram is Brickell Cigars, and the cigar business didn't work out exactly how I planned. And it was actually one of the best, probably the best life lesson I could have learned, uh, because I basically, you know, went from having you know a little bit over two million dollars in the bank to losing everything. Uh, I lost every dime. Wound up getting evicted from my house and I want all my cars got repossessed and I was uh worse than I ever should (laughs) like uh like the worst nightmare that I could have imagined but I if I didn't start that business I wouldn't have met the guy he was like one of my only customers in the cigar business that told me about Airbnb so as I was uh Doing this cigar uh, business, this one guy, his name was Fred. He was one of our one of our most uh, loyal customers, or maybe my only customer. <laughs> and he he was moving uh, to Miami from Indiana, and he he kind of needed a place. And he realized, he, you know, from hanging out with me, he realized I had a real estate license, and I was, you know, I was desperately in need of money. So he figured he was just going to throw me this bone so I could make a couple grand. And as we found this property, uh, that, that I got for him, uh, it was like a duplex type of situation and he was a friend. So I'm like, you know, uh, this is a good deal, but like, like we're actually having to evict the current tenants and you know, are you, you really want to go through all this? You're, you're a nice guy. I mean why, why do you want to deal with this stuff? And he's like, well, you know, my plan is I'm not, I'm not going to deal with tenants. I'm going to do this, this Airbnb thing. And he explained to me what it was. And he, he was like really early, early adapter. He was much younger than me. And had kind of traveled the world at that point. And he had, uh, used Airbnb in like all these like different locations, like Vietnam and South Africa and all these places. So it was a real early adapter. And he tells me about it, and I'm like, "So people are actually willing to do that? Like, uh, like they don't, they won't just go to a hotel? Why would they stay in your house?" You know, so I, started, I started, I like prying him, and I'm like, "This house is in the ghetto. I mean, how are you how are you gonna get these people to stay there?" And he's like, "I think it's gonna work." And I'm like, "Well, cool, uh, all right." And I'm, now my conscience is clear that you know, you know, you're, you're making this decision because it's something that you want to do, uh, but it kind of spark like I'm like what is this so I started doing a little bit more research and at that point one of the first big big players in uh, in the Airbnb business was actually out of New York He was a guy in New York and it, it was like I I had googled it, Airbnb like income or something like that and this this article came out about this guy that he was already making like millions per year on Airbnb he was like one of the first he controlled 80% of the Airbnbs in New York. So I was like, wow. <laughs> how, how did that guy do that? And I'm like, wow. And I, I realized like from what, what he was saying, he didn't own any of the property. And I'm like, how did these guys do it? So I, arbitrage and like what we're talking about wasn't really like an actual term that anybody was using. But I was like, well, I mean... I looked on the MLS and I, I, I realized that like I found my buddy, like I like a two unit type of situation for him. So I figured let me see if there are any rentals in the same neighborhood that kind of fit that same mold. And it turned out there was quite a few at that point. And I find this one house uh, that had a main house and a guest house. And at this point I was actually uh, we were crashing at a friend's like under a spare bedroom because we had gotten kicked out of our place. Uh, so uh, I I, I figure out with the commission that I got from Fred's deal, and I borrowed I think a thousand dollars from my dad or something. And, uh, we could put this thing on Airbnb, and when I did the numbers, I said, "Hey, if this place rents for like one hundred and ten dollars a night, uh, and the rent was only like nineteen hundred, we could like uh, live for free." <laughs> it's basically what. I, and, I'm like, I don't know if it's going to work, but I mean, he's spending a quarter million dollars to, to, to do this. I, I, I And this guy in New York's making a million. So I'm like, I, I better at least give it a shot. So I was able to, I, I was able to secure that property. And, you know, I, I didn't have much money to furnish the place. I went on Craigslist free and a bunch of other places. And I furnished the guest house. And back then Airbnb would give you free pictures. They came out and took pictures and, and, as soon as the listing went live, 15 minutes later, I got a reservation for, it was like a long reservation for like 45 days or something like that. And that, that reservation was like $700 above my total expenses, including water, uh, light, everything. So now, you know, I'm like, what the hell now? This, this is something. And like the bookings kept coming in. It wasn't like, it was just, it wasn't a fluke. People kept booking. So I'm like, this is a, a, a real business. Like, a, like I wonder why more people aren't doing this and that. And if you if you really if you look back, I mean, there's like the deeper pockets podcast, like uh, uh, forums from back then. Like, I'm like an early poster talking about this because I was I was like, nobody's talking about this. Like, look, I got it. like uh, I got this house and it's paying for itself. And there's like thousands of questions because nobody had ever been like actually doing that. Um, and I, I continued to have, like, good luck uh, in the industry. And one of the things that, that happened is the house right next door, there was, like, a for rent sign came up. And I and I, knew, I knew I didn't have any money to, like, actually rent the house. But I still called the number. <laughs> and, I, and I called the guy. And we, we struck up kind of like a friendship. And he was like a little bit lonely. He was like from South Africa and his wife wasn't here. And we had like something in common, uh, like, uh, because he was like a real big car fanatic. And, you know, he loved BMWs and I know everything about BMW. So we we, we talked for like an hour and a half. And he ended up coming down just to kind of hang out and talk to me about the business. And I'm like, and like, I didn't even know, but the house already had been rented by somebody else. (laughs) But he still came out. And we we talked and and I explained to him what I was doing and I showed him and he's like well that's actually pretty cool. Uh, somebody rented like the because I was actually at, what I was trying to rent was just the back house and uh, of of his property because uh, somebody had rented the main house and I figured I could you know that guest house could produce some additional revenue for me. But you know it was it was rented and we 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 talked for a while and he told me well if anything changes you know I'll call you. And I, I didn't expect him to ever call me. You know, I told him I had no money and all this other stuff. And he actually called me about six days later. Wow. <laughs> and he tells me, well, you know, that guest house, like the deal that we were doing is kind of falling apart. Like uh, the lady that was going to take it got into like a verbal altercation with my wife on the phone and we don't want to do the deal with them. So do you want to take it? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I would love to take it, but I still don't have any money. <laughs> and he's like, well based on what you're saying i mean you said that you booked your place pretty quick How, like I, I think that you would be able to raise the money right and i'm like yeah i think we'll refresh it and we'll put it up uh we'll have the money to you pretty pretty quickly and he just sent somebody and they dropped off the case so i had my second unit i gave them money and he uh he trusted me enough that i would pay him and uh, right over the same thing happened i i booked the place out and i, I gave him his money and i can nine days or something. So, uh, And that guy turned out to be a a great source. That's why relationships are actually so important because he's like one of these, he's not a developer, but he's like one of these like mega landlords that at that point he owned like 100 houses or something in that neighborhood. So now that we have like this business relationship, what do you think happened every time like a property came up? He'd be like, well, like, because the other thing I realized is These landlords, they don't want to come out and fix stuff. So I, I, like, that's, like, the worst part of the business for them. So, like, I I started learning and teaching myself how to, like, fix an air conditioning unit and uh, minor electrical and stuff like that. So, uh I told them, you know, like any deal we do, I'll handle all the maintenance. Like if I was the owner of the house and you just collect the payment. And he was really happy about that because he, you know, he didn't work, uh, The only thing I wouldn't handle, if there's like a major structural issue. The roof falls off or you know something crazy happens or major plumbing. But uh, anything over, you know, a couple hundred bucks, I'll take care of it. And, and they loved that. And he would fold other people. And I was able to just based on that one guy, like, uh, get myself up to something like 15 or 20, uh, properties and, and very, uh, like a short period of time, mean, like a couple years,
0: man, that's a really incredible story, man. And it's a genius concept of just, you know, having control over these properties, but not having to actually own them, not having to have the, the full stress that comes with owning a property. So, I mean, You know, and it also shows the importance of one, building these relationships that you talked about, that you worked on building and cultivating. And then it also shows the importance of being early and just staying curious and and being kind of early to that market or to that industry
1: yeah and you know you can't like fear fear's like a big thing that like what, false evidence appears real right like uh, uh like most people would have never made that phone call i had no, right. no money like like the fear of making that phone call like why why you know there's nothing to lose i had nothing to lose by calling so i and i tell a lot of the people that i work with and students that i have that you know you you should call as many people as possible and uh, cultivate a network and but what winds up happening is maybe a deal doesn't happen today but uh, you make those connections and what, what what ends up happening sometime down the line something happens and a deal happens somehow that's just the the way it is if you're actively putting your name out there and letting people know what you're doing you can't be a secret agent you know right. <laughs> it's just a, uh just a, the name of the game is just touching as, as many people as possible
0: for sure i mean and the interesting fact that i you know learned about you is that you know you turned a fifteen hundred dollar investment into a business that's currently netting one million dollars per month you know without owning a single property so i mean you know how did it feel you know how does it feel to 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 be able to accomplish such an achievement like that well
1: that was like like thinking about it like early on right when we got that first unit and I thought about the numbers, like, that, what it would take now that I knew, like, you know, what it's going to take to, like, make, like, substantial uh, revenue or monies. And it seemed like an impossible task. Like, I would be like, that guy was making millions in New York. And, you know, he had, like, maybe 40 or 50 properties or something. And I'm like, you know, how do you ever get there? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, so, and uh, you got to realize, like, most people, they just... uh, they give up right you know and there's been plenty of setbacks i mean like, like plenty of them uh, but we just continue to move forward regardless of uh, whatever situations that may may be happening so like uh the way it feels is you know it's like uh, how does an ant in an elephant you know you just gotta keep going one bite at a time basically so that and it's a substantial achievement, and there's still more to come. Uh, you know, there's 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 more uh, opportunity out there, and all kinds of different projects that we're we're, we're uh, like now. I'm 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 actually really interested in, in doing stuff like internationally, which is kind of I, I think it's going to be the new the new thing because some of the major cities are, you know, the the rent rates have gone up a lot in major cities, so uh, you have to in business you have to learn how to evolve too so uh, i think internationally there's especially destination locations that, that you may be able to get a better deal on, on, a, on like a really cool property in another country but then you have to have a, a new skill set of uh remote management which is uh something that that i've learned
0: now, i mean and that's the beauty of it and that's something that i kind of want to circle back to is, and talk a little bit about uh, remote management but before we get into that you know, what would you say has been like the most difficult part of this process for you of of just accumulating these these properties and building these relationships? Like what has been the most difficult process of, you know, managing Happy Travels Miami?
1: Well, one of the most difficult things is just, you know, having the patience and dealing with you know, so many different people, sometimes, you know, we all want instant gratification. So sometimes it's like, well, it's not happening fast enough. So that's, that's kind of uh, something that we've had to deal with. And, uh, staff is another big, uh, big issue because, uh, you're, you're, you're this business. You can't do it by yourself. Uh, you need uh, cleaners and managers and people to help the process along. That way, you know, you're not constantly working in the business. You're you know, growing the business.
0: For sure. I mean, you know, before we got started recording, you know, you, you mentioned that you'll be traveling back and forth between two cities. I don't want to say the cities, but you'll be traveling back and forth between the two cities. And you know, you also just mentioned like remote managing and managing your properties remotely. So, you know, how was that process for you? Just being able to to travel how you please, basically, or uh, you know, be able to manage a property that's across the world. How how is that for you? And
1: and what does well, it look like? Well, the it's a, the first thing you have to do is figure out a system, because uh, in the beginning, that was like one of the first things that I didn't know how to do was how do you automate this thing how do you handle the messaging Uh, you know because if you don't have some type of automation tool your life becomes just answering the phone all day so you have to figure out automation uh, put the systems in place that uh, make the the organization of the of the business because as you grow, you, you have to think of yourself more as like a hotel. This isn't like some guy doing Airbnb anymore. This is a, a hotel and hotels have uh, systems and procedures and uh, they use multiple multiple platforms to, to keep their rooms rented. So uh, those are things that, that, that you have to learn how to do in order to uh, then scale like my first scale up was going up to Tampa to see if i could manage from Miami to Tampa and next i i, I want to like figure out an international location and you know that that's going to be you know there's going to be other challenges cuz you, you, the our staff here we've had them since the beginning uh, we've been hiring and you know it's it's a family type situation so uh that's going to be a major change having uh people you don't know from another country uh because the housekeeping and management uh, you live or die by that in this business
0: for sure understood i mean and that makes perfect sense um you know you have to have the correct pieces in place to make the business run as smoothly as possible but um correct me if i'm wrong i believe something else that i read and saw is that you know you're also into um is it car rental yeah we do some car rental uh uh we kind
1: of integrate it with our Airbnb business. Uh, we're trying to concentrate more on like luxury cars, like G wagons and things like that, because uh, they seem to perform the best, uh, and the client base is a little bit better. Uh, I know a lot of people do you know economy cars, but for for our business, uh, if we're gonna do uh, the car rental, we're, we're we're concentrating on on nicer cars, not necessarily exotic cars, because that's a whole other monster. Like like. Uh, I, at first, we were going to try to do exotics, but I figured, you know, Escalades, G-Wagons, uh, some really cool Jeeps and things like that, uh, they do well. They do well.
0: No, I think it's a really great business model, too, to just to uh, integrate as, as many things as possible to the Airbnb business to make it um, as convenient as possible for, you know, your clients and people just looking to use your services.
1: Well, it's part of the upsell, like any other hotel is going to, there's some kind of upsell. Same thing like providing like private chefs or excursions and things like that. That's how you, uh, that's the difference between, you know, an average uh, producer and a mega producer is uh, how many, how many upsells you're going to be able to get uh, on that same customer. That way you're generating the most revenue from, from each transaction.
0: That's incredible, man. So, you know, what would you say? you know, this isn't your first business. So, you, you know, you're no stranger to entrepreneurship, but what would you say is like the biggest lesson that you've learned from your first business with the cigar company?
1: Well, humility was actually a big, uh, a big problem for me. <laughs> so uh, that that's a big lesson that I learned. I, I I learned that you have to depend on other people. Like I had to depend on Fred had to depend on other people uh, for my own success. And, honesty like brutal honesty is also another thing that uh, like sometimes i i'll I'll tell people certain things and maybe it it doesn't help my cause with them but like i'd rather tell them the truth or not do a deal and like like telling that first guy i didn't have any money to do the deal most people would have tried to like finesse the guy <laughs> like i like i i, I did it i just told them the truth and every time i, I i'm honest uh forthcoming coming with people they seem to uh want to help me more and more
0: for sure i mean you you, you just kind of hit on it right then and you talked about it a little bit earlier but you know, just the importance of having a team and having the right people around you. So, I mean, how do you personally focus on building the right team and making sure you have all the right players?
1: Well, first, a uh, so big part of my business is where we are a family business. So, my wife, my son, we we uh, kind of are the core group in the in the in the in the business, and then we we have key employees. And that, that one thing that a lot of companies. Uh, fail at is taking care of their people like right? if you want people to stay long term you got to pay them well you got to treat them well if you don't I mean you're just going to have a huge turnover so our housekeeping staff I mean we pay people 20 dollars an hour to clean uh, apartments because we don't want to keep hiring new people so and, and that incentivizes them to stay and we do bonuses and things like that because you know, that comes back to where I, where I worked before, like one of the reasons why most people didn't leave is because everybody was paid really well. and They give you a good bonus and good benefits and people feel like they have something to lose. So that's, uh, that's the same thing I do for my people, you know, just give them uh, a little bit more. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be a lot more and they're, they're going to work hard and they're going to stay with you long-term.
0: For sure. For sure. I mean, I think that's a great piece of advice. Um, but how would you say that you define success as an entrepreneur? Well, define success
1: as an entrepreneur, I mean, it's just uh, getting to those goals. I mean, I, in, in life, everybody has different goals. And it, it shouldn't also, like, one thing I don't, I'm not a fan of is like having some moving arbitrary target. You know, so like you want to have a goal and uh, like my goal right now is to expand, uh globally to other destinations and that as long as you have like like that target you you're always going to be achieving that success that you were always looking for because that was the problem with my original job even though i was making a lot of money like what what was my what was my purpose (laughs) i was just to sit there and die (laughs) something so uh having a purpose in in what you're doing is is really the the key here
0: for sure i mean what would you say is the most important reason for you know, the success that you have and the success that you've experienced?
1: Well, it's just not giving up. I mean, uh, the, you know, uh, there's been so many setbacks, you know. And uh, during the pandemic, we went from having 200 units back down to two. Like, <laughs> you know, like what would that that would like destroy most people and that's it They would be done they would have gone back and worked for somebody me I just uh I was already I've already had those type of setbacks so I understood how to emotionally handle them and once you do that like somebody once told me you know uh, once you learn how to make a million dollars even if you lose it you already know how to do it and you can just keep doing it and uh, that's uh kind of what it is right so uh Whatever happens, we know that we could always uh, rebuild and, and big, build build even bigger.
0: For sure. So, you know, how would you like for people to remember you and your company? Well, I mean, I, this is a,
1: you know, I want people to understand that, uh, you know, companies, uh, it should be a fa- Like for me, family is a big deal. So uh, that's why we do it as a family. And it's just uh, our, our company it's a family that's we will that's the way i want people to understand that that's what we are
0: for sure and you know what is the future of happy travels miami look like to you well i think the future
1: is bright i mean uh there's there's a lot of expansion happening there's a lot of new projects uh we're also you know apart from the airbnb thing we're, we're starting uh to we want to start doing some commercial real estate transactions and things like that uh because the key to this is diversifying as much as possible. And once you have an income stream, uh, you should take advantage of that and uh, invest it in in, in really long term investments and things like that. And I, I think uh, like commercial, like true commercial real estate is, is is a good place to park your money.
0: Man, thank you so much for your time today. I mean, I really learned a lot and I'm excited for this episode. I think the people will really enjoy this one um but before i let you go you know at the end of every podcast we like to play a rapid fire question game where i ask you three questions so if you're willing to play i'll go ahead and ask let's do it i don't know no problem no problem so look question number one where is your favorite place to travel
1: favorite place to travel arizona
0: arizona why arizona I, I' I had a vacation
1: there once that is uh, it was unforgettable and i I, I, I want to go back again
0: for sure. Question number two, what song represents your life the most?
1: What song uh represents my life the most? I'm not that big of a music fan so like <laughs> I, gotta, I, okay, okay. I don't know I don't
0: know. <laughs> no nah, no problem, no problem Look,
1: Final,
0: final and, question. What's an amazing thing that you did that no one was around to see? Well, I mean,
1: forming this company and uh, like uh, in in the quiet, I think that was like an amazing thing. Nobody saw what we were actually doing. and We were doing it little by little and all of a sudden it became like an amazing thing.
0: That's incredible. Lazaro, thank you so much for your time and I really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. (laughs)